Do you want to experience hell or purgatory? Purgatory. That's the choice our producer Marta just made. She's at Italy's National Museum of Cinema in Turin to experience virtual reality. We are entering the VR cinema experience. There is quite a long queue and many people say they don't know what they are going to see or experience because it's their first experience with VR. She's now wearing the VR headset and entering purgatory, straight from the mind of Italian poet Dante Alighieri. From the outside, what you can see is a small group of people of various ages sitting about two metres apart, wearing VR glasses and swaying from side to side in their stools. But let's try to describe what Marta is seeing. While a solemn voice recites Dante's purgatory, the second part of his epic poem, The Divine Comedy, Marta sails to an island. So she gets to the island and starts climbing a hill. And well, that's weird. There are all these naked people hauling heavy stones all around her. These are the souls in purgatory who died in a state of grace, but they still need to make up for their sins before they can enter heaven. Welcome to Euronews Tech Talks, the podcast that delves into the impact of emerging technologies on our lives. I'm your host, James Thomas, and in this episode, we wrap up our three-part series exploring the metaverse. Our producer, Marta, not only ventured to the Turin Cinema Museum for a VR experience of Dante's purgatory, but she also took the opportunity to ask other visitors what they knew about the metaverse and what they were curious to learn. tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Here, Marta is chatting with three Spanish women who have just exited the VR exhibition. They don't know anyone who uses the metaverse, and they don't have a clear understanding of what it is. We're of a certain age, they explain. Stepping out of the VR room at the museum almost exactly at the same time, we have two people from a totally different generation and a completely unique metaverse experience. Two teenage sisters who are brave enough to take on Dante's hell. They thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Avete qualche domanda sul metaverso, su come si utilizza, come accedere? Voi siete su When asked if they know what the metaverse is, they're like, yeah, we're all about Roblox. Do they have any questions about the metaverse? Nope, not a single one. They say, it's like real life, but with a little twist. But most of the visitors did have questions, and to address them, I had a chat with two metaverse experts. Professor Peter Zemsky. I'm a strategy professor at INSEAD, a big international business school. I led on our innovation activities for over a decade, and, and we developed a lot of VR cases. And Professor Martin Butler. I'm a professor of management practice at Flerik Business School in Belgium. My interest to an extent is around a new program that we have, Metaverse for Business, and uh, I'm tiptoeing through some different metaverses and playing around a little bit with technology to become more comfortable with some of the principles. Let's have a listen. Io sono Giovanni e sono di Bari. Come effettivamente pensano che il metaverso possa The first question we have is how do you believe the metaverse can replicate all the features of the real world such as storefronts and shops for example and can you share your most surreal experiences within the metaverse is there one that really converted you to the cause and made you think wow yeah this really is the the big up-and-coming thing. Peter, why don't we start with you? I think we have to be realistic that the metaverse is not fully here. So it, I don't think it's fully replicating the real world. It's bringing some amazing experiences. It's bringing some new value. So when, when you look at things that excite me, it's really where are some of that new value being um, deployed that motivate people to get in and make up for honestly some of the weaknesses like um, in true VR having to wear the headset. Some of the stuff that, that excites me, just one example would be architecture and interior design, right? So there's an example where it's hard for people to visualize a new built environment and professionals, architects or interior designers have struggled to work with clients for years and it can be very inefficient and at the same time, the investments in new buildings and new, new layouts of rooms are, are large. So that ability to take a user, a client into a new environment, get their feedback and iterate um, is you know, quite exciting. And it's, it's a really good example where you get value out of it, where it's worth putting the VR goggles on. And have you had any kind of real surreal experience or real like you know, wow, futuristic experience within the metaverse yourself. I'm a pretty down-to-earth person. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, get blown away that easily. I must say, in our teaching, um, we've had professors who really pushed it. At first, I was, was dubious. Maybe I can talk about later, but um, you can do some amazing teaching in the metaverse. I, I would say that, that. That surprised me and made me more of a believer. And Martin, how about you? How do you think that the metaverse can kind of replicate the real world for me, interestingly enough, I think it's a, a little bit to do with my background. Uh, I, I'm an engineer and I worked in industry on large manufacturing plants and mining industry in defense and aerospace. And for me, the zany or the wow, as you've called it, is, is more around the industrial metaverse. If I'm thinking of digital twins, if I see a digital twin of a very large uh, mining plant in South Africa and I realize the complexity of a manager to know what's happening on that plant, and now you can be anywhere in the world 
and you can see exactly what is happening. I, I had an experience earlier today where my car is currently driven in South Africa by somebody else. I'm sitting in Belgium and it reported to me that it has a particular problem and I knew about that. Um, so the metaverse is not just for me VR. It's, it's, it's all about the augmented realities that we are creating from the industrial metaverse to employee and to the consumer metaverse. Anna Laura, anch'io di Bari. Come ci si accede? We also had a lot of questions about accessibility, so a bit of a general one. How can you access the metaverse and is it open to everyone or are there specific uh, categories for access, different ways of accessing it? Um, Martin, do you want to start with that one? If we think about the consumer metaverse, obviously our, our minds and images are dominated by headsets from the meta and, and Apple's spatial computing and all of these things. I do think it's an important entrance portal into the metaverse. Um, I don't think it is developed to the extent that, that, that it should be. I'm thinking about my first mobile phone. I could phone and I could send a text message. Today it's the center of my life and it's my financial service transaction. So. I do think that the physical devices um, will be an entrance into the metaverse. I, I think the price point seems prohibitive for the limited functionality it presents. If the functionality expands like a mobile phone did over the last 20 years and uh, the price point doesn't increase, I, I do think it's going to become an um, important entrance portal into the metaverse. But I'm also thinking of um, more nuanced uh, augmented reality applications, um, a 3D image on your mobile phone, a virtual heads-up display on a car, a normal screen rendering an industrial metaverse site. So I, I think we must be careful to think of the metaverse as one particular view of immersive reality of the consumer metaverse, which will probably be one of the more challenging ones because of the different entrance portals. There are many devices at the moment that can already give us a peek into the metaverse. Somebody did mention that she would never um, consider purchasing a headset because they're so expensive. Um, so. Peter, how do you think that we can make the metaverse more accessible to everyone? So clearly the problem for these big tech companies putting billions is how to lure people on. And, and they're working very hard to try and overcome that. Clearly, as, as Martin said, part of it will be both improving the hardware, so it's less bulky, hopefully less costly, but also can support better functionality. When Zuckerberg came out with Meta as the new name for his company was all around the VR headsets. Clearly now, if you think about the path forward, it's not going to be so simple. I think part of it is people don't necessarily now have that same dream to live in a fully virtual world. And, and so you see these two things happening. On the one hand, the augmented reality, and, and you see both Zuckerberg and, and Apple pushing more. But also, as, as Martin said up front, even just 2D worlds like um, Roblox, like Minecraft, these are um, could be also stepping stones in that direction. The interesting thing is the competition is so intense. And again, the prize for these big tech companies, if they can recreate something like the iPhone, the iPhone's a trillion dollar um, franchise, they're hugely motivated to try and make this work. But, but they have have their job um, in front of them. That does lead me on quite nicely to the next question we have from one of our listeners. Giovanni, e vengo da Roma. Which is, let's just say, fast forwarding many years from now, and everyone is using the metaverse, or it's a lot more widespread than it is now. Um, do either of you see any potential risk of life in the real world becoming unbearable? And that was the word that was used, unbearable, as the metaverse continues to advance. 
No, I, I think, I would actually think that people are not going to get lost in a digital world for a few reasons. First of all, we evolved in a physical world and it's quite comfortable for us. And we see in COVID where people were forced to do too much digital, a real pushback. Um, and I think on the one hand, digital is getting more compelling. Um, the, the, the immersive worlds, the spatial computing is getting better. But at the same time, I, I think it'll get more disorienting for people. Um, the virtual world is where AI and bots are in their native environment. And I think people are not going to want to spend all of their time there. That would be my prediction anytime soon. Daniela, da Padova. La mia considerazione è che sicuramente Moving on to the next question. Um, how can metaverse technology aid in studying and can it enhance the development of imagination? Uh, Martin, do you want to take that first? I, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. We are doing a pilot at the moment at Fleurik where students do a presentation in virtual reality and we have an algorithm that then gives them feedback on different elements of engagement during the presentation. So it tells them that you make contact with the audience, were you authentic, um, was there enough variation in the tone of voice. When the algorithms that are AI trained is used within the virtual immersive environment, it creates a really good opportunity. And I think that's where, where the option is. I've, I've taken students to an automotive factory. I, I don't have the ability to ship them in a bus to go and visit a factory. Uh, but using virtual reality and take them to the production line, um, it's 5% of the cost, 5% of the opportunity cost, and 50 to 60% of the experience. And I think that's where we started off, and it was Peter's first answer as well. It's, it's kind of, we won't replace, but there are certain things that we can do in an educational environment, and we can expose our students and our learners to things that we would not be able to. Let me start with building educational experiences. So for sure, if you need to take people to a factory or to show them what it's like in an African clinic, um, or even take them into a boardroom where there's a tense discussion, um, VR is great for that. But what we find is it disrupts the paper case. It's like, instead of reading the case and imagining you're the CEO, put on the headset, experience the setting, but then take it off discussing your group, what would you do, go into class, debate and discuss. So again, it is this use of VR in a selective way for something it's great at, but then much of the rest of the experience is happening um, in person. So that, that I think that that's kind of telling. It really is, the technology is not to the point where people want to spend an hour and a half class with a VR headset on. That's one. And then I, I absolutely agree with what Barton was saying. I think the interaction between AI and generative AI and the metaverse is interesting. We could be seeing maybe in a few years, we'll talk about an eduverse because suddenly if those characters you run into um, can be animated by AI and you can practice skills, practice interactions, um, you can do a whole set of rich things um, that's you know, quite hard to do uh, regularly in, in the real world. What you can do in terms of trauma and hospital and healthcare, I think you'll be able to do those trainings um, in a whole wide variety of settings. I think many people's first experience with metaverse two, three years from now may be in education. And I suppose because in the virtual world, resources are kind of infinite, aren't they? Like you can just regenerate this tree in the virtual world. You know, you can keep doing that over and over again because you know, you're not damaging the environment, well, in, in, in such an obvious way as you would be doing in the real world. 
Absolutely. And, and for those developing new products and services, I think they're increasingly aware that winning value propositions will have some of both. Because that, again, that's what people are looking for. And you're going to see that. I increasingly see that in entrepreneurs and companies as they think about innovation, they think about that, those new hybrid needs. The final question we have is something we have just been talking about, but I'll ask it anyway, just in case it squeezes any more information or any more tidbits out of you. Um, do you believe that we might soon reach a point where we spend more time in the metaverse than in real life? Uh, Peter, do you want to start? We're not on track for that right now, but technology can be surprising, right? No one was expecting the breakthroughs in, say, generative AI and how fast they came. Um, Clearly, there are some very bright people working on breakthroughs on these headsets. There are now a number of niches where people are developing things out of which this, um, this could accelerate. So it's, it's for sure a technology I'm excited about. I keep my eyes on. Um, and again, it has real potential to interact with, with different, different parts of the tech landscape today. If we mean by that wearing virtual reality headsets and be disassociated from our environment, for me, that's an emphatic no. I, I, I simply don't see that happening. But if I think about my day to day and I'm thinking of speaking to you now in a 2D rendered environment, um, there is a richer way to do this interaction and to potentially deal with your listeners and, and your clients as well. Uh, I had multiple meetings in a, in a slightly richer environment. Um, I had a lengthy conversation to my mom this morning. I maybe would have preferred to speak to an holograph of my mom. If we see the metaverse as an all-encompassing environment that is the next layer of information augmented on top of the internet, I do see us spending a significant amount of time there. But in balance, exactly the arguments that Peter has made is as long as it's value adding, if we enjoy it as human beings, we find that right balance. The entrepreneurs are putting the product and the service bundles together. It's not overly intrusive and making us disassociate with our environment, but augments the environment and adds more value for us. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you both so much. Um, just as a final, final question, do either of you have anything that you think is really important or really interesting about what we've been discussing that you've maybe not had the chance to bring up yet or you'd like to expand on from earlier? Just maybe a little bit of concern about big tech. I think part of the vision of the metaverse, like the internet, was going to create this integrated world where you could you know, walk all over the place. And yet what we see is each of these tech companies trying to control it. And, and so you don't have that open architecture of, of the internet yet. And I think that actually gets in the way. And I, I think we're at a moment now where um, we're, we're questioning the, the role of big tech in, in society. And I, I think this is one of those places where we might want to think about it. I think part of the metaverse is to break the stranglehold of big tech. I, I, I think the metaverse should not belong to one company or one entity. And I think uh, persistence in if I've created something in Decentraland or Roblox that's mine I want to take it wherever I go um, I have a cup in front of me on the table it's my cup and if we don't break that stranglehold of big tech and we don't get that persistence of the, the digital artifacts then we're not going to get to the true value of what the metaverse should actually be great thank you so much that's been really really interesting Allora, dici che la prima volta che ha una esperienza di realtà virtuale. Sì. L'ho vista solo in televisione. 
Before we conclude this episode, we're back in the queue at the museum, chatting with visitors as they eagerly await their turn to dive into the VR experience. Many here are trying a VR headset for the very first time, and they claim that that's why they're not so familiar with the metaverse. But paradoxically, most people immersing themselves in the metaverse today are doing so without VR glasses in worlds like Roblox or Minecraft. You see, the metaverse doesn't necessarily require VR gear. At its core, it's primarily an alternative universe navigated through avatars, VR headset or not. Interestingly, you could say Dante was a metaverse pioneer of sorts back in the 14th century when he wrote his Divine Comedy, exploring virtual realms as he journeyed through hell, purgatory and heaven. Creating alternative realities to escape the real world is a deeply human trait. The twist now is that we're striving to connect and share experiences within these metaverses. It's as though our escape from reality, once a solo flight of imagination, has evolved into a quest to find each other. That's it for our three-part series on the metaverse. In the upcoming episodes, we'll journey to Almendralejo, a town in the south of Spain, to delve into a paradigmatic case of how deepfakes are disrupting our lives. I'm your host, James Thomas. This series is written and produced by Marta Rodriguez-Martinez. The theme music is by Leo Lebrun. Sound editing is by Marta Rodriguez and sound mixing is by Mathieu Duchesne. Our editor-in-chief is Ali Isan Aden. Special thanks to Italy's National Museum of Cinema in Turin for letting us explore its Temple Cine VR classroom. If you aren't already, you can listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving us a positive review and, of course, sharing it. Thanks for listening.